morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> Serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. I could talk all hour about trivia nights in general. The fact that Matt Rocchio was the MC the other night. The fact that Brian McKenna was feeding him jokes. We've all been we there. We all knew that was going to happen. We knew that was. He said he'll be feeding you beers and jokes yes. throughout the night. A lot to get to. Midday grind. Coming at hour here on 5 9 to the Fan. Charlie Marlowe checking in live a little bit later from Blues practice out at the Mills. Blues host the Arizona Coyotes, who've actually, nobody's been playing better than Arizona. Of late, they've actually gotten back into the uh, playoff discussion themselves. Who be in goal? You know, that won't be answered. What's really wrong with Tarasenko? That won't be answered. But there was an injury to Pat Maroon at practice today. That probably won't be answered either. This is hockey. You understand? These are state secrets. (laughs) Hey, guys, what do you want to talk about? Anything you're able to talk about? Uh, We'll hear from Chuck a little bit. Riding high after the Bradley Braves win the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. First time since 88, the last time they won. The game was actually played at Bradley. That seems a little unfair. That is unfair. So that shouldn't even count. Asterisk. Put an (laughs) asterisk next to that one. So their first legitimate tournament. Yes. Last time they won the Valley Tournament, it was in Peoria. Text topic last hour, blues-related. Who would you start in goal on Tuesday against Arizona? Jordan Bennington's been your guy. He was the rookie of the month. He's been great. Jake Allen threw a shutout on Thursday, gave him the start Saturday, which made sense. He had a shutout. You reward him. Played really well against the Sharks. They lose the game 3-2 in overtime, but 30 saves in the game. I My gut says Barubi will go back to Bennington just to keep that clarity that I think he likes as to who's your number one guy. And Jake still has a role. He's obviously been playing much better of late. But who would you go with? I think our listeners, my guess is they're still sort of down on Jake in general because he's, he's a career yes. tease. And I think scares that's you. permanent. So we will see the pulse of the people. 855-282-8255. Other bonus topic here, Hoff. Bonus topic. How early is too early to call somebody? And I bring this up because last week I had called Tony LaRusso about something. And he texted and said, I'll get back to you. So I knew he was going to get back to me at some point. Well, on Sunday morning, I mentioned this last hour, I went and helped with the Boy Scouts who were doing pizzas. I had to get up really early. I get out of the shower at 6 a.m. on Sunday. And I look at my phone. I had a missed call. 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. Is he out in Oakland, on, California? No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Florida. Yeah, good point. With the yeah. Sox. I'm still sad. But still, early, I'm yeah. like, he just called me at 6 a.m. I got voicemail. 
even if it's 7 a.m. in Florida. So I texted him back. I said, good God, that was really early. <laughs> even if it's 7 a.m. in Florida, with the daylight savings on his clock, his biological clock, it would have been 6 a.m. Yes. And I'm like, if I had seen it ringing, instead of being in the shower, I probably would not have answered. Wouldn't you assume at that point, and especially somebody who's of note, that it's a butt dial, it's an accident, that they're not really calling me? I think he really called you. No, he did. Oh. But I, no, he really, Normally, he, I would assume, yes. No, he really did. And he I'd left, be really angry, too, because it would have woken me No, he left a voicemail. The odds of me being up at 6 a.m. on a Sunday are very low. You're a charitable person, and you're doing good things on Sunday. I w- thank you. I am a good person. Thank you for clarifying that. Do you think, and in his world... Probably doesn't care if he wakes me up. Or maybe people at this point just assume, hey, it's going to go to voicemail anyway. Their phone's off or their phone's charging. Or they have on Do Not Disturb. Yeah. hear it. Yeah. So, so do you? Risk, but though. do you have, like, if it's 7 a.m., you're certainly not going to call a potential guest because that would ruin it, right? You wouldn't uh, You wouldn't well, want to piss them off and call no, too early. I would text. I'd you, wait till probably about, if they're on the East Coast, I'd wait till maybe 7.38 our time before I give them a and call. And that's, that's my question. What's the number? I'd say... 8.30? That's reasonable. I think I, even if... 8.30 to 9 is kind of my window. Like Most if, people are up by then. If or at the very says, least, if they're still sleeping, they're probably not going to be too bothered if they're woken by a phone call. They you, wake up, ah, it's 8.30, I should probably get up anyways. Hey, give me a holler on Monday. Okay, sounds good. You don't get up at 7 a.m. and call somebody. Hey, you I told don't want to call, call someone at 7 a.m. I don't want to talk to someone at 7 a.m. When I did morning radio, you'd be driving to work. And I would see people on their phones. I'm like, who are they talking? It's 630. (laughs) Even if it's a a friend on the East Coast, who are you talking to? Who do you want to talk to? Right, no one. At 630 in the morning. And maybe if I had picked up to him, I didn't want to talk to you. (laughs) Maybe he knew. (laughs) That was probably his move. He wanted voicemail. Oh, shoot, you answered. Uh, Yes. Uh, Wrong number. (laughs) What do you mean wrong number? Which was my favorite Clabe story when he said he accidentally called Gary Pinkle at like 3 in the morning one time. Oh, no. I said, what happened? He said, he answered. I said, oh, my God, what'd you do? He said, I hung up. <laughs> Which you just is- change your voice. Is, uh, is Carl there? <laughs> and then the next day, what I would have done is texted Pinkle and said, hey, this is Mike Claiborne. I lost my phone last night, and somebody took it at the restaurant, and they returned it today, and then you then you have cover. Would they believe you? No, not at all, but you have to at least try. <laughs> uh, 855-282-8255, do you play Jake Allen or Jordan Bennington, and how early is it? Too early to call somebody. All right, so Rock went to the, it was St. Gabriel's who had a charity event. We mentioned well, it was this. Not, it was Nottingham School that had it at St. Gabriel's. Who was more charitable, Rocky but, or Martin, over the weekend? I didn't really have a charity event. I mean, I helped with the scouts and the pizzas. Okay. I actually probably put in more time than Rocky. But no, I will say Rock and his <laughs> MC duties. It was at St. Gabriel's, but the charity was Nottingham School. Yes. So Brian McKenna, who texted the show on Friday and said, you know, he'd be there with you. I had a feeling would be feeding you beers and jokes. The trivia night I did a couple of weeks ago. And I told you I had the McKenna joke that I passed on because he... I passed on many of them. He said... Hey, we were looking for R. Kelly to be here tonight, but apparently he's at the Coriezu prom. And I said, ooh, uh, ooh. I said, I don't it's think. not bad, but it's, you can't say it. And ooh. I said, the only, the only thought was to do it. And when people are mad, you immediately say, that was a McKenna joke. Yes. And if they laugh, you keep you it as your it. own. No, the, I, the one that I came up with, one on my own, that I, I, I didn't know if I should have said, and that's because a Michael Jackson com- uh, uh, question came around. 
And the question was, what is the Michael ja- famous Michael Jackson song with the tagline, Annie, are you okay? And I, oh, I couldn't help myself. I was just like, anyone else see that documentary? I don't think any of us are okay. Uh, I, could, I couldn't help. Hey, I couldn't help. Hey, it's not it, bad. it got a little bit of a groan from just because I think there's some people who are still, you know, so desensitized to the, just the, the facts about Michael Jackson that they didn't see the joke coming. But I, I yeah, I, I did a any joke, any joke jokes that, didn't that go were well. McKenna written. That tanked, and you immediately said, "Yeah, th- sorry, yeah. folks, not my joke." It was an inspired one. I tried to. He he, he he he. There was a bunch of different points where he was feeding me Trump jokes, and I didn't take the bite on any of them. Like there was a politician joke. Uh, like what's the biggest rodent? In, you know, in the United States. Like what's the biggest? You know, because like was an animal category. Like, what's the rodents? biggest rodent? And I almost went with a like a more neutral one. Like you know, just name your name your least favorite politician or something like that. That's it. Um, That's good. Th- yeah, it's because again. Nonpartisan, and but he, and then we got to one that was asking, "How about was, this Congress? <laughs> Opposite of progress." <laughs> Somebody, and, and we got to a question that was, "Who was the first president that was impeached?" And McKenna starts lobbing me a bunch of Trump jokes uh, from from behind the the stage, and I pass on those. <laughs> what is his got, role at this? Can't event? you see McKenna? He was going to be the just main whispering. He was going right. to be the, he was going to be the guy in my role, but his eyes have been. Uh, a little difficult because of his medication, so he, he couldn't read the questions. Um, and so I went with a little bit more, again, nonpartisan version of his jokes, which I just said, I was kind of repeating the question. I said, first president to be impeached, not next president. And so and I got a bad reaction from oh, that. That's, just, that's people being kind of self-conscious because they're assuming so he means the, point, the current one, so but much to the point you when I was, did not say the current one. So much one. to the point was at the end of the night as we're announcing the last scores, somebody yelled, make America great again. And I was like, feel like that was an unnecessary carry, you know, maybe, like carry on. Maybe someone sees like a member in, in a young senator or someone in the House of Representatives with presidential dreams and I'm thinks, saying. you know what, in 30 years they're going to be impeached. Maybe that's what Could have mean. been a joke that's about all, Biden or yeah, Bernie. That's all, that's all I was yeah. saying, and they, just, they jumped on it. Wow, is St. Gabe's mega country? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> but just, nobody attacked yeah. you, beat you up, and yelled MAGA. No, that didn't happen. Okay. That wasn't close to happening. I want to make sure that you didn't, didn't pay anyone to have You didn't happen. pay anybody to do that. No, I did didn't not. Write that I did not do that. And as, as McKenna told in the text, I, I, I tried plenty of other jokes that went okay or didn't okay. I, guess, okay. I just, just like, totally just see like, McKenna just I mean, it's a trivia night. People are thinking and talking. It's just, my problem is I'm not good with dead air. That's that's the radio world. Was there a 50 50? In a raffle, any yes. sort of okay. Did people chant "Give it back"? No, that was the really cool thing is that there was no shaming about that. Um, there was a fifty-fifty raffle. We did, you know, the heads or tails. And but at the end, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't announce this at the end um, or during the during the fifty-fifty. So I don't think it happened. But at the end, I think all three tables that won money donated it back. But I don't on think their that, own, but, yeah, they on their own. But there, was, into there wasn't a guilt into it. Well, I was talking to a dad at this event over the weekend, and we were joking about give it back. And we said, "What if we're our pizza supply? What if we're a couple short?" And then somebody shows up with their ticket after church to pick up their say, "Oh, you'd give it back anyway, wouldn't you?" It's for the scouts. So we got into this discussion about the whole give it back, which is annoying. It's become a thing. I don't know if it happens in every city. St. Louis trivia events. St. Louis charity events, it happens all the time, and it's really awkward. So this guy says he was 18 years old. He's in high school. His friend's dad puts together the foursome and has him play in their group, buys a raffle ticket, whatever. The event is going on, the auction, everything. They do the 50-50 drawing. They hold up $2,000 in cash. 
This guy's a senior in high school. He wins the 50-50. Now, he said, I only felt a little guilty because my it was an expensive, for someone who's an expensive ticket to get in, and my dad's friend, or my friend's dad, paid for it. And I'm still, I'm like, no, no. He goes, I walk up there. They hand me the cash. He's like, I'm 18. I've got $2,000 in my hands. He said, I turned around to start walking back to the table because you wouldn't even know anybody. At that age, you probably haven't even been to these that many of these events. Probably used two grand at the age of 18. He said, the whole room starts chanting. Give it no. back. Oh, Give God, yeah. Back. If well, I'm 18, I would have immediately claimed it. Throw the like, middle finger. I would have left then. I'm not, I, see, I'm, I'm out. Bye. He said, I gave it back. No. Oh. Because that's, that's, that's horrible. That's the mob oh, mentality. So Use mean. that money. Yeah, and, here, and here's the thing. Like, if that if that would have happened, I would have had no problem grabbing the mic and being like, no, we're not doing that. Like, let the person make their own decision. <laughs> I would have had no problem putting the kibosh on that because that's... That's mean as I well. think you turn around and you got the wad there and you just peel off a couple of hundreds and just give it. Say, there you go. For the kids, here you go. Gosh, if you're 18 and they hand you $2,000. Keep that money. Keep is that. Is it 0% chance in this room? Or is it 1% chance that we would give it like you? Oh, if, they start chanting, if they start chanting, give it back, I'll do exactly what you said. I'll peel off like 200 bucks, hand it to them, and then very happily, off a very happily. <laughs> Walk away. You know who gets really mad about this whole time? Joe Holloman of the Post-Dispatch. I think he's even written about it, that it needs to stop. Well, good. He's he's doing a service that you know the big J's or journalists are supposed to be doing. That's that's what you do. You change the city a little bit. That's because important. if you want to. That's cruel. If you want to give it back, sure, go ahead. Or maybe you went to the event as a guest of somebody else and you got a ton of money. You don't care. You're like, hey, just keep it. It's right. fine. Or they say, hey, you won this really cool cooler. You know, it's it's... It's great for going on camping trips. Like, ah, you can have it. Just give it back. I mean, if there's an item that you don't need, hey, just keep it. But it's always that wad of cash when that chance starts. And I, you've heard a lot of stories over the years, but when you're 18 and in high school, that's it's gambling, and it's you're pulling back half of it for charity already. And I love that, and that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah, you got your 50. But 50, the entire point is that I I bought the raffle tickets as. Don't, yeah, don't ruin. That's it. when you grab Come the mic on. and you say, "You want me to give it back?" Okay. I got a car right now with a broken carburetor. My parents are kicking me out of the house. I'm flunking out of high school. You give it back. That's the proper yeah. answer. Hey, this hour, the coveted hour, this hour, brought to you in part by Appliance Discounters. They will give you something, and you don't even have to ask for it. They'll give you a great deal. It's real simple. They even go around town, go to the big box stores, and do some price checking. What are they charging for that Samsung, that GE, that fridge, washer, dryer? They make sure... Their prices are lower than the big box stores, and they'll put it right on the tag. So when you're buying that microwave, stove, oven, whatever, right there it says, here's what they're charging down the road. They've done the price checking for you, so you know you're getting the best deal anywhere. And they're in your neighborhood, six area locations. That includes Baldwin, St. Charles, South County, Webster Groves, City of St. Louis. They're also in Fairview Heights, Illinois. That's where Albert Bell buys all of his appliances. Theappliancediscounters.com. They're going to call at some point. And at some point, John or Denise is going to say, real quick, yeah, I love sponsoring the show. You guys are great. What's the whole Albert Bell? Like, oh, it's <laughs> sort of a stupid thing that... Two texters said he lived there, so we assume yeah. he does. And we decided that he's buying his appliances yeah. in the Metro East at Fairview Heights. Theappliancediscounters.com 
is their website, and you can check out all the merchandise there. Again, you're going to get a great deal because they say, in fact, their savings are your savings. It's how they've built this great St. Louis company. It started a little more than a decade ago. One location, that was the one on Watson and Webster. The three employees, it was real simple. It was John, Denise, her brother Tony. That was it. Now they've grown to six locations, so it is a St. Louis success story. Theappliancediscounters.com. Interesting read in the paper. How often have you heard Yachty or Molina talk expansively? Uh, not often at all. Almost never. Yes. Occasional TV sit-downs during spring training. We sort of go over the surface stuff. And even those are short answers. And, and to be honest, too, I mean, I think sometimes with Yachty, it's an easier read than it is an easier listen, his answers. And so Rick Hummel did a long Q&A, and I like the way they published it in the paper because they simply just put the entire Q&A, the back and forth with the commission. The commission even joked with him and says, considering how slow you are, and and it, it didn't sound like it was ever tense. There were some laughs in there, as noted in the piece. But Molina said his goal that he still has is to win a batting title. And commission said, well, you won't be beating out any infield hits now, will you? Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> and Molina said, listen, I know people are going to laugh, but it keeps me motivated to think that way. And then they made a, a editorial note that said he finished fourth in the batting race in 2012 and 2013. How many Cardinal fans, even diehard Cardinal fans, how many people remember that? I know he had a couple of years where he hit over 300, which is a hell of an accomplishment for a guy who's not going to beat out a lot of infield hits. But it said he was fourth in the league batting title. It was back-to-back seasons. Pretty amazing. But if you read the entire interview, he talks about how he wouldn't mind playing even beyond the contract, which he's now which, signed. That's new, right? Hasn't he said before? I think he alluded. Remember he said at the winter warm-up last year, when I'm done, I'm done? Yeah. And he signed through 2020. But then recently, I guess he has said, I might want to add on a year. I wonder what the Cardinals think about that. But he did say... If I'm hitting a buck ninety, or if I'm only playing fifty games, I'm not doing it. You don't want. He said, "I'm not going to be one of those guys who's just dragging at the end." He said, "I'm not going to name any names, but we've seen guys in recent years, basically." Shot at Joe Mauer. I don't know who he was. I would. I wish he would have named names. Name names. You're talking about Steve Carlton pitching for the White Sox. That did look. Now nah, it's probably a little old reference for you, but it's an interesting read. If you get a chance, stltoday.com. The commissioner Rick Hummel. Going back and forth with Molina, saying he wants to play beyond 2020. Uh, he said, I know a lot of people, he, and I don't think he was talking about Al Roboski specifically, because that was a long time ago. But he said, I know early in my career, people criticized me for not running hard to first base. He said, if it's in the hole and I got a chance to beat it out, I'm running hard. He said, if it's a chopper right to the second baseman, he said, I'm probably not running hard. You don't have to. That's fine. He said, because. I've been catching 130 games for a long time. I take a lot of foul balls. I think in this long-form Q&A, I think he wanted to address that, that people have said, you know, if there's one thing he gets knocked for, people love him, he's he's untouchable, he's a fan favorite, but if there's one thing he's gotten knocked here and there on, he doesn't always hustle to first. In this long-form Q&A, he does address that, and my gut is that he wanted to address it. If you get a chance to check it out, it's the commission, and maybe the commission can kind of poke him a little bit as opposed to the rest of us. He also said, would you like to be a manager? Because you have managed some little leaguers in Puerto Rico. And he basically said, 
he wouldn't want to do it because of the time commitment. He also raves about Mike Schilt. Hummel said, did you have a good relationship with Matheny? And he said, yes, early on we had a lot of success. And then he, But then he, he laid it on pretty good. He said, Mike's a great guy. It's unfortunate what happened. You don't want to see anybody lose their job. But he also heaped a lot of praise on how Schilt well, communicates. Not a shot at anybody else. Not a shot at the old manager as if you're saying he didn't communicate, which I would consider an elemental part of managing a baseball team. But I think it's funny about the, him saying he can't manage. Even Frank talking to Kamish goes, yeah, you know, he has to talk to the media before the game, TV and print, has to talk after the game, has all the writers coming in in his office. Yeah, I don't see him doing that three four times a day for 160 days. Almost said, would you be able to handle <laughs> the media? And he said, I wouldn't mind it, but you guys would. Never mind having to do... I mean, I know managers don't do a whole lot of local radio hits, but Sirius XM calls every now and again, MLB Network calls every now and again. The major partners would like you to talk to them. I think you would just hire month. Benji, and Benji would be like uh, Sarah okay Sanders. With that. Yeah. White House spokesperson. Yeah. Molina spokesperson. Hey, Benji's here now. He's going to give you the lineups and go over some of the injuries. <laughs> hey, the game's over. Hey, hey, we go live now down to the uh, stadium and at the uh, podium now. It's Benji. Hey, guys, how are we doing? <laughs> hey, why did you pinch hit in the seventh for Brett Caesar? Oh, that's a good question. I will, uh, I'll get back to you. Let me ask Yachty. <laughs> Would you, you know what, Cardinal fans, because they love Yachty so much, they'd probably say, that's fine. We're fine. Uh, quick break here. We'll come back. Chuck's live at the rink. The uh, Blues off the ice. We'll get the latest there and uh, sort of a victory lap for Chuck. It's really a shame. He's, uh, in all honesty, it's a shame that he's not in studio because you know he wants This to, should be his day. It is his day. The Bradley Braves, the Bradley Braves, going to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 13 years. We'll check in with Chuck in a little bit. Appliance Discount is one of our sponsors. Also, Offenberg Hyundai. They're in O'Fallon, Illinois. Easy to get to from downtown St. Louis, I'm telling you. Highway 64. Be there in about 10 minutes from Bush Stadium. OffenbergHyundai.com is where you can begin that search online. Great-looking vehicles. Great selection on the lot. Plus, it's the Offenberg name, so you know... You're going to be getting quality, quality service before, during, and after the sale. That's something they really monitor closely. They want to make sure you have a great experience. New showroom, new service center. If your car just needs some work, stop by Offenberg Hyundai. It's Greenmount Road. That's the exit. O'Fallon, Illinois. OffenbergHyundai.com celebrating their 30th anniversary, 1989. That's when it all began, selling Hyundais. They were the first to do it in this area check them out online or in person and if you need a pre-owned vehicle they've got a great selection on the lot furthermore you know the year make model you're looking for let them know they'll find that car for you offenberg hyundai.com you 